Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back, Redheads. It is episode seven of the Redheads Book Club. I'm so excited to be with you all again. This is our last bi-weekly episode as we go back to regular scheduled programming. We're going to be going back to once a month. It's great to be here with all of you. How's everyone doing? Snitch, I'll start with you. How are you? I'm doing good, you know, just trying to get by. I'm sitting in a closet and I'm sweating my ass off, but it's good. That's great. Well, thank you for your dedication to decent audio. It's so important. It is. It's very important, honestly. Uh, Dana, how are you doing? I'm good. My big news of the week is that I had an Invisalign appointment. So I really felt like I was getting back to normal, going to the dentist of all places. They said my teeth are coming along swimmingly. So that was really uplifting for me. And so how much longer are you going to have to have adult braces for? Like forever. (laughs) They said until next. April, which I'm not doing. What? Like the second, I mean, my original thought was that I'm getting them off the second my wedding's over. I don't care what they look like, but now that that might not be until 2025. <laughs> Maybe oh, right. I'll just keep them on forever. I oh, think your goodness. teeth actually look really good from this Zoom angle that I have. Yeah. 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 The, the top are always okay, but now they're even straighter. So I'm just blessed to have one thing during quarantine go right. But I do feel like if they say you should wear them until April, why, like, you should, you know? I know. They're just so annoying. Like, I can't just casually snack or enjoy my life without constantly thinking about my Invisalign, which hasn't been an issue when I'm not leaving my house ever. So maybe when the world reopens, I'll reconsider that annoyance. But for now, I'm more than happy than keeping them on for an unestimated amount of time. Yeah, you're spending your time wisely. I ordered Invisalign right before quarantine, but I didn't get them yet. So I'm gonna have to like get them after and start after quarantine. We'll see how that goes. Oh my God, me and my friends and their invisible braces. I know, (laughs) who to thunk. Bex, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. All is okay. You know, it's been um, a big week, a, a lot of learning for all of us. So just taking everything that I can in and I actually relocated during quarantine so I am now on the north fork of Long Island which has been a really beautiful change so just staying indoors just in a different location love to see it well I'm really excited to talk about this book today uh we postponed this episode by a week because there's so much going on in the world right now and we wanted to be respectful and not take up any space or your time with this book club. But I actually feel as though this book, though it's not directly correlated to what's going on at all, I think the overall message is really quite a beautiful one and something that can be applied forever. So I, as much as it was hard to read this book while also poking my head out into the world and just trying to get into a book while there's so much else happening, I really enjoyed um, the ultimate message and the story of Nancy Wake, a woman who I did not know, who I am very glad that I now know. Same. Like, I did not know that this was based off of a true story at all until you told me, Jackie. And I was, like, genuinely shocked. Like, she's such a legend. She's a legend. She's such a legend. I also had no idea when we started. And my coworker, who's a big redhead, shout out Fletch, she texted me being like, oh, my God, this is real. And I was like no. She's like, yes, Nancy Wake is a real woman. She's a boss. And I was just like, look at, look at us learning as we go. I'm so glad we were all in the same boat. Like I likewise didn't realize until the epilogue when she told us it was a true story. And I was like, everything about this book just changed for me. I read the entire thing thinking it was a work of fiction. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Crazy. 
I don't know why or how I knew it was a true story about a true woman. I think because I had seen in the Redheads Facebook group, some people were like, has anybody tried to get Nancy Wake's biography or memoir? So I realized like it was a real person. So I knew that when I was going into it. And I actually will talk about this later, but I liked how the author talked about the elements that were real and that were condensed or changed just for the sake of brevity. Um, so I'm really excited to talk about the fabulous Nancy Wake. Nancy! <laughs> okay, before we get into all of our thoughts about the book, I'm going to do a quick book recap for anyone who read the book a while ago or didn't read the book at all. Uh, Codename Helene is the story of a woman living through World War II, a born an Australian woman living in France. The book converges two different timelines, one before the war and one during. The time before the war, we see Nancy living her absolutely fabulous life in France. The descriptions of her clothes, her makeup, her lipstick, like she was everything of the sort. She's a writer for Hearst and um, at the time they would not allow female bylines. So she wrote like under no byline at all and did not get credit for the work that she did, the fabulous work that she did. Um, while she's being fabulous, she meets a guy named Henri and they fall in love and they're kind of falling in love as the war is starting. Nancy is familiar with Adolf Hitler and his brutality through the work that she has done. She low-key interviewed him in like 1936, I think, um, which is so, so crazy. And she moves to um, Marseille, Marseille with, um, with her husband. Henri. They're having this fabulous life as the war breaks out. And at the same time, we're also reading the storyline of her in 1944 in the forests of France fighting with the French resistance group against the German forces in occupied France. So you kind of see who she was and what she became. And then throughout the book, you find out her path towards being a member of the resistance. Um, she started out small, just helping Jews escape from Nazi Germany or helping pilots who were shot down. And she did some, because she was a socialite in France, she was able to get away with crossing all of these borders without really causing much alarm. Um, and so she used her privilege really for the betterment of the the world. And eventually she leaves France, moves to London and joins the SOE, um, where they place her with the French resistance to arm them and train them so that by the time D-Day comes, they're able to infiltrate the German forces from within France. Along, even though it sounds like a happy ending and a happy story, which it kind of was um, along the way, her husband was captured and murdered. And uh, one of her one of her um, precious gems of a dog goes missing and is perhaps made into a sausage link. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> what? I, guess, I think I might have missed that one. So when Grenadine goes out and he doesn't come back, um, Nancy says to Henri, like, I'm so sorry, but you know what? things times were really tough in wartime France and she was like the butchers like are getting really desperate so don't eat sausage for a while because she assumed that they took the dog and made him into meat yeah wow okay um so that's the book it's a it's an amazing story about an amazing woman doing amazing things in a very difficult time and it was so different from any other World War II book I've read or even a movie that I've seen because it really showed you how life in France went from being like fabulous to slowly deteriorating and like you don't just go from being like fabulous and then the next day it's like a war zone like things happen or are made to happen so by the time she comes back to France it's just a completely different place how did I do on my recap y'all amazing that I mean was so I, I learned new information <laughs> <laughs> I mean I learned I learned that we call Henry Henri. Yes. Well, yeah, I didn't know, know that either. <laughs> when I was reading the book and I knew this was going to be a challenge for me, like I read the words and I don't have to figure out how to pronounce them because if you know me, you know that my pronunciation of everything is shit. Is merde. <laughs> is merde. <laughs> merde. <laughs> um, but now like having to recount it back to you guys, I'm like Marsals. I don't know where they lived. No, yeah, oh my god, by the way, one. I didn't know how to, like, the way I was pronouncing things in my head, I'm embarrassed of, so, like, I'm glad that I don't have to say it, and you can just knock it out of the park for us. 
Yes. Totally. Um, I'll, I'll try my best. So I want to know, what did everyone think about the book? Becky, I'm going to start with you because you're our historical fiction queen, except this is like historical nonfiction. I don't know. Bex? Yeah. I was so happy that you selected this book because it felt different than some of the historical fiction slash nonfiction that I feel most familiar with. I have mentioned that The Nightingale is one of my favorite reads of all time. And that also actually is like a little bit of a different, of a divergence from World War II nonfiction or fiction that I'm used to, because I feel like a lot of times it's like, I'm reading about World War II and it's from the lens of a Jewish family or a Jew in a concentration camp. And obviously like that hits close to home because many of us have that type of familial history. And, and so this was such a different World War II novel that I didn't quite know what I was going to read and expect. And I loved it. I thought it was, it was for sure long. I'll say that. And I feel like I got tripped up by the length, but I feel like that's just a shortcoming of myself as a reader and something I need to work through. (laughs) It's a real thing. It's a real thing. This book, like I'm a speed reader. This book took me so long to get through. And I was reading comments in the Redheads Facebook group and like everyone was just like, is there something wrong with me? Or like, is this book book taking forever? So I don't know what it was about this book. Like, I feel like I've read books that are 450 pages before, but this one, like I would read for an hour and it went up maybe 2%. Yeah. But I love that it was like a role reversal, female boss narrative in which a woman went off to war and her husband stayed behind. And then beyond that, this woman stepped into the battlefield and was treated not only as an equal, but way more than that. Like she was totally revered. She was, she was respected as a a leader of all leaders. So it was truly epic. I, I was really, really wowed. It was a great choice. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Dana, what did you think? Professor Dana? I liked it. I didn't love it, but that is not a knock on the story at all because it was extru- it was an extremely good book and very powerful. I just am in the opposite of it where I don't like history um, only because I'm not educated. Like I just don't know that much about history. So whereas where you guys are reading it, you probably already knew about Paris's stance in World War II and like what ally sides. I like had to refresh so much to just get oh. my bearings on like where we were. I'm also so bad with geography, like just in life. So it was so hard for me to like place them. Like I never knew where they were. Like, are you in a river? Are you on a stream? Are you on the farm? Like it was just difficult for me to like visualize anything on top of the fact that I just don't have that good of a understanding of wars, especially from the French side. So, but that's not a bad thing. I'm always open to learning more. And if anything, it was a good choice because I'm now more educated on a topic that I should be more educated on. And finding that it was a true story at the end made any hesitation that I had in the beginning just totally go away because then I liked it so much more. Wow, that's so interesting to think about because like I I did study a lot of World War II and so you know that like France kind of fell really quickly and there were like so many people in France who were um, loyal to Germans but then there were French people who were loyal to France and there was like this inner conflict within France and you see that later with like Henri and, and Marceline, you know, she like that they did not agree on on their position in the war. Snatchler, what did you think of the novel? I loved it. Um, I didn't like how long it took me to get there. It's just like, I don't have the attention span like that where I'm really reading a book for so long. But I did love, um, I mean, I didn't love how it changed. Like I do like two different perspectives and two different timelines, but every chapter they would finally get you into the story and then oop, it's over and on to the next one. It's like, and while I understand that's like a technique, it's not a technique I'm fond of, but I will say I loved the book. Like it's so not my vibe, but it also kind of is my vibe with like the Henri and um, Nancy like love story, which was so cute. And like, I loved all that, but I weirdly liked the war parts better because eventually like the war parts kept getting better. Whereas once they're finally married, like I don't really care that much about like- No, and it, and on- it only goes downhill from there once they're finally married. Right, exactly. And, and you know what's coming and, and that it's not good. You know what's coming, yeah. but I mean, they did seem to have like a pretty steamy marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Goals for it's, sure. It's cool because I feel like the book could have been awesome in its own right, just as a love story between those two. And the fact that it was just kind of, a, not a side piece, but a smaller part of a grander thing makes it just a great book. 
Yeah, I agree. And I also love the way she described their relationship, the author, because to me, it felt so current. I feel like a, a lot of times I read about stuff from like the 1930s, 1940s or see stuff. And it's just like, oh, people were different back then. Relationships were different. But like the way, like their conversations, their courtship, just the whole thing just felt so current to me. And like, and it's probably just because it was timeless. Yeah. 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 Sweet. Okay. Well, I want to get into some of the major themes in the book. I think the biggest theme um, throughout the book is just this female independence, feminism, Nancy, just doing the damn thing. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. Like she is the epitome of a modern, brave woman. And I want to know what you guys thought about, about that. There's no negative things you can say about a female heroine who is fighting on the side of the allies against evil Nazi Germany and she was a boss. I think I just struggle with that character choice in general. Like I mentioned it in five years when she was a lawyer and she was like, didn't sleep for three nights, subsisting only on bread. I love it. Like I kind of just hate that personality type, which I saw shine through. Like I feel idiotic mocking it because she was fighting a war or something that like I could never do. Right, like she didn't have time to sleep. She didn't have food to eat. Right, like... Who am I yeah. to be annoyed by that? But like, even when she was throwing a tantrum with the ink blots when she was going through training and being like, yeah, that's stupid. I'm like, shut up. I think I'm like anti-type A. <laughs> like, <laughs> annoying personality type. Like, even with the rip- lipstick as the red arm, as the armor, like, I get it. But I'm also like, shut up. Just like, jump out of the plane. Yeah. When it, oh, by the way, oh my God, I couldn't agree more. Not with like the inkblot thing I completely forgot about. But when in the, also before we knew Nancy Wake, like we knew the whole story. It's like the first chapter, she's like jumping out of a plane, just threw up and she's like, wait one second, let me put on my red lipstick. Yeah, and I was like, like, are you kidding? No, I was cringing so hard and I was ready to be like, oh no, that is just yes. not it. Yeah. But throughout throughout the book, like the way her approach to femininity, which is another theme that kind of layers into, you know, her feminism. Um, I actually, I, I mean, I very much related to and completely understood. I think the first, right out of the gate, the first way it was set up was just like not the right way. But then yeah. eventually, like every time she put on her lipstick, like I totally, totally get that. Yeah, I feel I like she made up for it. it. Yeah, no, when she explained that it was, like, her armor and, like, also that the red lipstick, like, distracts them and all that stuff, like, I understood it. But I didn't know all that at first. And that was when I was like, what are we reading? Yeah, I feel that. Okay, well, the next major theme is courage and sort of bravery. Because what's crazy to me about this book is what Nancy did was just, like, so ballsy but she never even questioned it It it's just like there is a war and I'm gonna find a way to help and do what's right no matter what it costs me yeah she seems like the best kind of person like what you look at and you're like wow like you have all of the inner workings of like what makes someone like truly upstanding she just like never questioned anything like when she got on that bike and rode to make sure that she could get the radio on behalf of the the group because they had buried it like per commands, which like I didn't agree with, but like that's not my call. <laughs> I was just so amazed by her and like the courage was just boundless. So I mean yeah. she was so impressive across the board. It was like she literally just like wasn't scared or like she it was never a question. Like if I had to do that fight and like my freaking skin on my thighs was falling off, like how I don't I have no idea how she biked back. Like that whole yeah. that whole chapter blew my mind. I know I was to get her her friend of um I don't think it was Dachau, but Ian it was another interment camp. Yeah. Yes. Oh, like yeah. the fact that like she was meeting with the, the guards and she wore what she needed to wear to like give off the perception to in order for them to be her to be a trusted person like across the board like everything she went into I, my heart was pounding under my chest I was like I don't think I could ever which is like I'm a shitty person no totally I had anxiety reading this whole book because I'm like if we entered world war three and then I really started getting anxiety because it feels like our world is headed towards like some sort of war I'm like I would hide in my apartment and never leave and like pray no one found me I wouldn't have half the amount of courage that she had like I just wanted to be like oh my god stay in your like nice sweet apartment in Paris and France with your husband and like wait till it's all over obviously she's the bravest person ever and wouldn't have done that but I was just worming at like her bravery because it was so counter to what I would have done. 
Not to mention Henry came back from like his piece of the war. And after that, she left him because she knew that there was more that she needed to do and more people she could help. But you would think that like after saying goodbye one time that you would stay put and just revel in each other's existence. Yeah. She still did the right thing. Totally. And be like, I did my part, you know, we're back together. But no, she never like questioned whether or not she would go, which was really incredible. And then that brings us to the next theme, which was love. But I feel like that's always a theme. This sort of love just, it hit different. Like this was an unconditional love. And I'm sure we, everyone read the, um, the epilogue or the author's note on, um, what was real and and what she was really moved by in Nancy's story. And she talks about this love story between Henry and Nancy and how, even though it's tragic in the end, like the amount that she, they gave up for each other is so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I think the author goals. Yeah. They, she worded it as sacrificial love was like the main takeaway. And I thought that was a perfect word to use because their love was already so ripe and raw and true and most couples like don't even meet that and can't leave each other in times of war and like they had it made and still were able to make the sacrifices for the greater good of the country which is I just think rare I just also like was not expecting him to die like I just I I refused I refused to believe that like he was gonna die and then like when he did I was so distraught and then at the end when Patrick O'Leary came back, like, did anyone else think that he was going to be on? For right? a second, for a second, I was help, holding mm-hmm. out hope. Oh my god, I, I I forgot about Patrick O'Leary. I was like, oh, it was hard to get through the rest of the book once he died. It kind of was over for me then because I was holding me out hope the whole book, and then I'm like, well, I don't even care about these characters because Henry's dead. Yeah, also, it was a little will, hard to care about the characters once say, he realized when he was gone. Yeah. I also, like, didn't like the way the book ended. Like, it just ended. And then it was the author's note. I was like, wait, what? Like, that's it? I what was more would you have wanted? I don't know. I just didn't, like, the last line didn't seem like a last line. Like, it just didn't seem like an ending quite yet. Snitch, I'm sorry that World War II wasn't more romantic. <laughs> no, it wasn't that I wanted romance. It was just that, like, just I don't know. It just didn't, it just didn't give me, like, I don't know. Oh, I, just I feel like any. Over. I feel like any book where they give you the one year later where everyone's at, like that is a full ending for me. Like there's no questions. Like you see where everyone's left off, and then also, also with the author's note, like she explained how Nancy like lived her life and received all of these medals and was honored for her work. So I felt really like the story ended when it ended. Agreed. I also just had a, by the end when she was recounting like where everyone was, like when Patrick O'Leary walked in the door, I was just, I was realizing that there were a lot of characters and I was kind of having a hard time keeping everyone straight. Yeah. A hundred percent. For the Hollywood treatment, I didn't even go into like all of the different military men that she worked with because they could be played by anyone. Like There were so many I, characters and then so many code names for the one character. It was like so many names to keep in your head. When I saw, like, on your outline, the only people you made us do Hollywood treatment, like, do you know how grateful I was? <laughs> like, I, I, there was too many, and, like, I, I just couldn't, and so many were interchangeable. Yeah, they're all pretty interchangeable, because it wasn't really about, like, what they looked like. So let's get into our DBQs. Before we do that, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Beachbody. Here at the Redheads, we love Beachbody. Beachbody is a workout that you can do from home. It's the easy-to-use streaming service that gives you instant access to over 1,300 super effective workouts suited for anybody at any time. The secret to getting results is just getting started. So you can do workouts on your schedule, workouts that are as short as 10 minutes and don't require extra equipment. You can access them anywhere at any time. You can use your computer, a web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, Roku, Apple TV, Chromecast. It's also the best deal in fitness. Listeners of the Redheads Book Club can try it absolutely free. So I love the, um, I love all Beachbody On Demand programs. I just love doing 
something from home that is super easy, but the morning meltdown 100 is such a great way to start your every day. Um, and if you want to try it, you should right now, our listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text book to 303030. That's book, B-O-O-K, to 303030. You'll get full access to the entire platform for free, all the workouts, the nutrition information, and support totally free. Again, just text book to 303030. Right now, I mean, we're all still like in New York in quarantine and Beachbody is everything of the sort for times like these. Sign on, get your body beachy. Sign on, get snatched. Oh, yeah. And the snatcher knows all about that. Okay. First question. What were your thoughts on the way the book was written? The shift of perspective from first person to third person. Did it result in a more dimensional, a more multidimensional portrait of Nancy? And the shift back and forth in time between Nancy's life before and during the war. Did it give you a different view at the ways in which a war alters life, both great and small? Snitch. So, like I said, I found it to be kind of annoying, but I it definitely did give it a, like a more well-rounded, multi-dimensional, like just purpose and everything. But it was just so much to keep track of, which is I I think why it took me so long. Cause it's like every chapter was a different timeline, but then in each chapter it could switch between Nancy and Henri. So it's just like so many different perspectives, so many like different things going on. Like while I appreciated it, because I always like to know like what the other person's thinking as well. It was kind of, it was kind of a lot. I agree. It didn't bother me so much. And I actually loved, we didn't get that much from Henri, but when we did, I loved it because it's so interesting to see Nancy the way that someone else sees her. Cause she's never going to say I'm fabulous and I'm beautiful. I'm everything of the sort. And my laugh like brings men to their knees and this green sweater just is actually, she did say she looks great in the green sweater, but like you're able <laughs> to see the effect that she has on other people, which helps you understand how she was able to just move through war torn France with some sort of ease. It's interesting because it wasn't necessarily the the first person to third person navigation that kind of had me tripped up at times. It was the time periods because I didn't realize kind of how short of a span Nancy was a part of the SOE. Like it was really like that big mission that lasted, I don't really even know how long, like if it was days or if it was months or if it was weeks, I think it was months, but like could have been years, like TBD. So that was what kind of tripped me up because I knew that she was part of the SOE, but like she had already done so much by the time she got like that tap on the shoulder that was like, meet this person here. And she was like, where am I? And I felt like, it took me a minute after the fact to like sit down and like piece it together, the timelines. So the first and third person didn't really phase me. It was more so the timing and the, and the progression of years that did. Yeah. Yeah. I like those aha moments that you get as a reader when the past converges with the present and you're like, Oh, this person equals that person. I think that's a good technique. We've seen like the time switches before in our previous books, like last hotel. And whereas in that, I thought it kind of enhanced the literary effect here, I was just left a little more confused. Again, that is like definitely just because I'm unfamiliar with World War II as much. So I was not as adept at switching time zones because I was, couldn't place myself historically. But in response to the question of like, how did that make you feel about how much war can impact your life and how much change can occur? That's what really stuck out to me. Like, not to bring up the butterfly effect for the thousandth time, but that concept of just one small action can change the world. Like you're all set and then an event happens and all of a sudden your life is completely different and how it leads up to that. That's a theme that really stuck out to me, the whole book. Yeah. To me, I think that the way that the author wrote it, though, was frustrating at times because she left each section on like a cliffhanger. I thought it enhanced it because there was this question of like, how does this girl, this fabulous champagne drinking girl become embedded in the woods alone, part of the French resistance. Like how are these two, these two people, the same people in a matter of years. And it, it shows like the cost and the effect of war and how, how your life, how you change. And that question, that question doesn't exist by the end of the book because you, they converge and they become one person. But in the beginning, I'm like, 
these are two completely separate people. And I know, I'm sure a lot of books are written this way. I just haven't read that many books, but it's similar to what the way where the crawdad sing is written, you know, where it's like something's happening in the future and then the past and they yeah. come together and you, and it all comes together. And I think that that book really, I mean, it's an amazing book and it's literally been like on the bestsellers list for a hundred weeks. So I'm sure like they don't need me to tell them, but like the way that, that, that it's written is it's very compelling. Yeah. Well, I was just now just coming to me now that like it was kind of a brilliant way to write the story because if it had just been in one timeline, it say it was when she was chic and everything and she talks about how like she was in the army and blah, blah, blah. Like we wouldn't be able to see it. We wouldn't be able to feel it. Or if we only heard about when she was in the army and she was like, you'd never believe it. But I was like a chic social life before all this. Like, sure. I don't know that. But now I see both and I get it. 100%. Hundred you get a snitch. Okay, next up. Um, in the book, it says, quote, the thing about lipstick, the reason it's so powerful is that it's distracting. Nancy's beloved red lipstick also gives her confidence. Is there a product or accessory that does something similar for you that you can relate to Nancy about how she might have felt about her lipstick as, as a bit of armor? Whenever my eyebrows are freshly waxed, I feel like it's my armor because they're just like such a monstrosity that They're they powerful. need to be defined. They're powerful, 100%. They speak yeah. for me. Yeah. And I would also say that like a pair of high heels and a spritz of my favorite perfume have the same effect as Nancy's red lipstick for her. Ooh, perfume is a good one. I don't wear a yeah. lot of perfume, but like I think that people who who do and who are constantly, you know, spritzing, they have that sort of like aura about them where like they're just in this bubble of their own perfume. And it's just yeah. such, I love my perfume so much that like when I spray it, I get so happy and like knowing that like someone will smell it and be like, wow, that chick smells amazing. It's like, that's my armor. Like, yeah, I do. Yeah, that's a good one. I think if, I've never really thought about this, but I think if anything, it would probably be my eyeliner. Like my like winged eyeliner, like that just like defines who I am. So I'd probably say that. Nice. I think I would say it's hard for me because that, like the way she feels about red lipstick is how I feel about a full face of makeup, like putting a face on. Like if I were, you know, with the French resistance and like we had something big to do, like I would put on a face for it. If I'm going to meet with like some general who is just out of line and I need to bring him in, like I'm wearing makeup to the occasion. So unfortunately, like unlike Nancy, I need just a little more than lipstick. (laughs) Um, But I think that's how I feel about makeup. And I I also feel sometimes that's how I feel about my hair, but my hair without makeup, it's just like a whole package. So I just think glam, period. I don't wear makeup and I don't wear jewelry and I don't have cool clothes, but I have used the same shampoo and conditioner for the past 25 years. It's Herbal Essence Rosebud Pink. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's really unique. And that kind of is my armor. Like once I am freshly showered and smell that rosebud, I'm ready to go. And I'm always showering. That is the funniest thing. Like, <laughs> your invisible braces, Dee. Yeah, yeah, my invisible eyes. Oh my God, that's funny. Okay, next question. Nancy is accused of using, quote, profanity as a weapon to gain her male colleagues' respect. Do you think this is true? And what do you think of it? I... I relate to Nancy because I curse so much and I realize every day more and more that I, I just curse so much. And I think you get to a point with cursing where you actually take away from what you're trying to say. But I do think that there is like a happy medium where cursing is just sometimes the most powerful thing you can do. Cinch. I fucking love to curse. Like I have a potty mouth and I'm proud of it. Like I literally love to curse. So like when she kept cursing, like, I was here for it. And like, honestly, men do talk like just so like dirty and gross. Like she had to do that. Like she, that's like, if you wanted to get them to respect you, like that's what you have to do, which is like so shitty, but like she's smart and she's witty and she's with it. And so she learned quickly. What's funny is, or interesting rather, is that if the book was set in today, this day and age, I actually feel like she would potentially lose some of the momentum or respect that she would gain from her male colleagues, like if she had the worst potty mouth ever. But I feel like in the 1930s and 40s, when it was like women were so prim and proper and like taking care of the house, that was her bridge into men seeing her as more than just like a lady who can cook and clean. So I totally understand why she did it. And I actually 
thought it was very sweet that Henry was so supportive of like her learning how to curse like a an authentic French lady because that was so them and also like he equipped her with like these these tools in her tool belt that actually gained her a lot of traction as she like met with her army. Totally. I think it's interesting that the observation of her profanity came from a male. It wasn't Nancy telling us that she's using this as a weapon. It was men accusing her of using it as a weapon to gain respect. And I think it's more of a reflection on them, how they have to like dissect women to analyze that the reason they're using something is to commandeer respect when really like I felt like she was just cursing because she liked to curse and it wasn't necessarily a ploy. Yeah, and I'm cursing because I'm living in the woods amongst, like, these disgusting men who don't respect me, and I'm pissed. Right, like, if a man does it, no one's questioning it, but because it's a woman, it's then interpreted differently when it could just be as simple as, like, she's cursing. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Also, back to your point, Rebecca, about Henry just giving her these tools that really helped her throughout the drinking lesson that he gave her. At the time, I thought it was kind of corny, and I just didn't understand, like, everyone, like, it's not true that you drink water and you're okay. Like we drink so much. But then in the epilogue, when the author's explaining that like really the men were marked on how they would try and out drink her and like get her drunk so that she would lose her footing. And she out drank them every single time. And like all of the military men were so impressed by it and could not understand it. I'm like, I need these tips and tricks. I highlighted everything that Henry said. I'm going to try it next time. Take my coat off and have a glass in between. A glass That's so funny. But also, well, like, one of the just... tricks was throwing out the alcohol in the toilet. Like, yeah, obviously, you're not going to get as drunk as you're spilling it out, like, not to be so technical. But it makes sense that you need those tools when you're in the army and men are trying to outdrink you. But the initial attempt to get her to drink better was just so that she wouldn't, like, embarrass herself. And what's the point of, like, taking all those precautions to drink water, go to the bathroom? It's, like, not it's taking the fun out of drinking, in my opinion. Right. But I don't think so. Yeah, it wasn't fun to begin with. And I just think that, like, if you're going to last the night, like, she's a lady about town. Like, she's, like, out and about and, like, wanting to hang. I feel like initially, like, pre-war, it was, she was just, like, being a sloppy drunk, but, like, liked the alcohol. So she was, like, going to keep going. And he's like, okay, like, cool. If we're going to keep doing this, like, let's do it in, like, a more methodical way. Yeah, and I feel like he was teaching her the ways to drink for the times when it's not about having fun. Like when she's meeting his dad, when she's meeting with these other generals, when she's going out with her girls, like she can do what she wants, you know? That's more of like a power thing. Because I feel like it was a direct outcome of the dinner that she had with Marceline and Henry's dad and Henry where like she got like a little bit loosey-goosey because she drank too quickly. Yes. It was nice how everything Henry taught her, like, made its way into the war. The cursing, the drinking, the riding a bicycle, like, all of those things that you were not analyzing through the perspective of war then became mm-hmm. so handy once it was time. 100%. He was always with her. And, and when thinking back on the book, that was something that I realized that, like, he – so much of, of her success was from – the love of Henry and it made this story even sweeter, which is a great segue for our next question, which was, did the dynamic of Nancy and Henry's relationship surprise you? In what ways does it differ from other stories of love in wartime that you've read before? Well, normally like the woman in the relationship isn't the heroine and like, isn't the one going to battle and saving the world. So I feel like that is probably like, it's usually the husband going off to war and then the wife is just sitting crying in the house waiting for him to return and then he either returns or he doesn't. Not that I really read historical fiction, so I probably shouldn't be answering this question, but that's what I think is true. Yeah. That's the usual trope. Yeah. I I love the line where Marceline was saying that all men are pigs and that's why she slept with them to get what she wanted and means to an end. And Helene's response was like, you don't know the right men. Like you've been (laughs) in the wrong company. And I thought that was powerful. Like it's rare to have such an amazing love in a relationship like that. And Marceline may actually be speaking to more of the population when she describes men as pigs. But I think that the retort was powerful because it just once again illuminated how powerful her relationship was with Henry. Yeah. Also, I feel like historically when we've read novels or fiction or nonfiction about wartime relationships it's always about like 
not wanting that person to leave, like just wanting to delay their departure as long as possible, which I, I think obviously played a big role in the dynamic between Nancy and Henry. But he like he was so supportive of her helping people. He just wanted her to do it in like as safe a way as possible. So he made sure that like her goods were shipped and she was like on a train before she could get into trouble. And so I just, the support there and her and his dynamic just not being only about like, no, stay put. Like, I just want to be with you forever and like, don't leave me. It was way more than that. Yeah, I agree. It was special. Did you guys read the author's note before or after finishing the novel? And how did it change your feelings about the novel? I mean, I didn't read it before because I didn't <laughs> know it existed, but um, it didn't change how I felt about the novel. It cemented like pretty much everything, like that Nancy was a real person. When the author came clean about the things that she had changed, they, it didn't bother me at all. The only thing that was not disappointing, but was probably the biggest divergence from the story was that Marceline wasn't a real person. It was kind of like a composite character of all of, you know, some of Henry's lovers and the women in France who opened their selves up to the Germans so easily. Um, so it's kind of like annoying not to have one villain, but I understand why in a story like this, it's very convenient to have one villain. Villain, Snitch? Okay, so I'm not gonna lie. Like I started reading it and then I stopped because I didn't care, but I did not know that she wasn't real. And so, so then who killed Henri or was that also a lie too? It was, no, 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 that happened, but it, it was just an officer that shot him. The Gestapo shot. Not, him, not the not the officer who lived next to them. She didn't say that that it was him, Paquette. She said that everyone was real except for Lewis and Marceline. Yeah, so I okay. guess Lewis was like a composite character of all of the, you know, resistance soldiers that yeah Helene, that Nancy fell in love with, and just like cared for. Got it. Yeah. So I liked the author's note. I love like you know just clearing up. The, the historical context, but also like letting us know how much of it was completely true and also explaining where she got some of the anecdotes that she got. But I think the author did a great job in making this historical fiction in a, like, a, like an enjoyable read while sticking mostly to the history of it. Totally agree. I, yeah, I didn't know right. it was a true story until that afterwards. So it was very important for me. Oh, that is so crazy. <laughs> okay, next up, we're gonna get into the redhead questions. First question. So I absolutely loved the book. I thought the format was so well done and I felt engaged the whole time. Same girl. Also so crazy that it's based off the real life Nancy Wake. We love a boss bitch. My only critique is I felt like Marceline's character wasn't totally realistic. It seemed a little off to me that in the middle of a mass genocide and world war, the thing that ultimately could have saved Henri was giving his affections to some blonde secretary. Maybe that's just me. This was the only detail I would fault the book on. I feel what she's saying. It's like, st there's so much going on in the world and still we have like a petty, jealous woman who's literally using the war to her advantage. Like, it's a little um, petty. Realistic. But yeah. But she's just an evil bitch and she finally found a way <laughs> to get what she wanted. Like, and she got everything that she wanted when she made him take her to the bank. And it's like, all she cared about was his money anyway. Um, it was sickening. It was I almost sick. didn't feel vindicated when... Nancy killed her. I don't know why. Maybe it was the way the scene was set up, but I was like, you have this chance and it's not evoking any sort of emotion in me. I completely agree. I w and we didn't even, yeah, it didn't, I wish it, it had been more like, yeah, satisfying. I felt that way with the uh, Nazi in the elevator. Like that was heart thumping. But with Marceline, I was like bored. I was like, why don't you take this more to your advantage? And if only she knew that Marceline was the one who shot her husband. You know, it's funny you say that because I'm like, I'm actually grateful that they didn't have more time to chit chat and catch up because I don't know what I would have done if, if Nancy realized that Marceline had killed Henry, like while she was like on the battlefield and still had more to do. Yeah. So like, I'm yeah, glad she so stayed true. focused, like eye on the prize, kill Marceline and like get on. But yes. I did also think it was like a little like convenient that Marceline ends up in the camp where Nancy is like I get that she's like yeah. hunting down the white mouse but like how is she the only one who's been able to actually successfully do it and yeah get there there were a few moments where I was like wow it's a really small world yes, <laughs> yes. right right where like she sees 
um, I can't pronounce the German wor- word, but Wolf, Wolf, the one with the whip. Wolf. Like how she's seen him like 14,000 times like throughout yeah. the war. Right. I was like, are you guys family? How are you still seeing each other? Yeah. Okay. I agree Another with that. random thing that bothered me was like, the repetition of certain things like okay the first scene she's puking up her dinner on the airplane and then shortly thereafter she's puking when she's seeing the pregnant woman beheaded and then she also pukes when she sees roger getting ultimately tortured and then she says a line that she never ever pukes and hate it hates it i'm like you just puked three times like well, little she, videos like this is bad but that's the point like she's not a puker yet these three things made her puke the um chapter or like scene where she saw wolf cut out the baby and that woman like i i had to put the book down for a little bit like i was just like jarred yeah that That was was jarring that was devastating that but that's like what they did and Mm -hmm. so on the one hand and it's like it's a world war ii story like it's it's a detriment to not put in like those grotesque things that really did happen. Uh, but I also think the book did a, a good job of not doing too much of those things, even though it is important to the story. And like, you need to have moments like that. The author needs to include moments like that to justify you understanding why Nancy would kill, like slit his throat but with her hands. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. By the way, can we talk about that? I didn't get it. Like I, I just actually didn't understand how her hand killed him like that i just she had I didn't a knife in understand. she had a knife in her hand yeah. no, no she didn't no, no she didn't no. it was her bare hand that's why they did the exercise of strengthening and callousing their hands they had to slam a table for an hour every day for i don't even know how long and that was to make your hand like feel like a brick so that like if you get it at the right angle you break their windpipe and then you knock them down so that then they suffocate wow Wow. Oh, I thought she had like a little knife. No, she was like, like, I know that was a weird detail because it felt like they were saying that she wanted to like just kind of conceal the knife on her chest when she was like, oh, I'm alarmed. But no, I think she was just getting in position to like slice the side of his neck with her hand. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then she said something like, it feels different than what we were taught in training. And then they talk about the scene when they learn how to do that maneuver because he was like, you'll probably at one point find yourself without any type of weapon. Wow. Okay. Another thing that I thought was interesting is, and this could just be a symptom of the, the novels that I'm used to reading, but there were moments when she would get like her silk pajamas or her pillowcase or a mattress or her face cream or like sneak away and go to a, a, one of those baths and take a shower and like be amongst the women where I was like, wow, like I can't believe you were still able to afford some of these, these just like glamorous little details of your life and retain it during World War II because I feel like all I know of World War II is like life in a concentration camp, which like you don't get access to anything. So, I don't know, it always helps, it it shapes my perspective a little about just wartime overall. I agree. Also, like, when she talked about, like, either when she had her period, when she got cramps while she was driving, or, like, using her period as a way to, like, scare men into, like, just saying yes to whatever she needs at the time, like, those are, like, the real human moments that just allow you to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Like, even the fact that, like, she needed to brush her teeth twice a day, like, I... I agree that typically the stories that we read like are from concentration camps, but like when you are, when you have agency and you're in a forest and like you're getting supplies, like, and you can ask for one or two like personal luxury items, like to have a pillowcase is a game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I really, a game I, lo- I, I really loved those details because it, it shows you again, like how the woman in the beginning of the story is the same woman who's sleeping in a Nazi bus in the woods. Yeah. Agreed. That's interesting. Okay. One more redhead question. Why do you think that whenever a section about Nancy comes up, it is always in the first person, but when it is a section about Henry, it's always in the third person. We talked about this a little bit. I didn't think it was, I thought it was just like, so we could see how he sees her, but was there more to it? 
that I think it was just as simple as when it's I and the first person, it's to emphasize that Nancy's the hero and that she's the focal point of the book. And for everyone else, it's third person because everything kind of revolves around her. Oh, interesting. It's just like straight facts from the professor. (laughs) The professor has spoken. (laughs) Thank you for that, professor. Okay. So those are all of our questions. Um, Let's get into the moral of the story. What do you guys think the moral of the story is? Bex, let's start with you. Girls rule, boys rule. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Smitch? Um, who brought the world? Girls. Hey. Dana? I'm not nearly as creative or cute as that. I was just going to steal it from the epilogue where she said marriage is the theme, which the moral of the story is like sacrificial love and marriage which is just wild that in a war book with so much like tragedy and action and war that you can pick out love and marriage to be the actual takeaway. Yeah. Mine was going to be, this was something we were quoting on the toast this week, like some classroom poster, but it's like, what's right isn't always easy. And what is what's easy isn't always right. Yes. Facts. Straight facts. Okay. Next up, Hollywood treatment. I'm actually, I think this was made into a movie. Well, there's a movie about Nancy Wake called The White Mouse. Um, I don't know if it's like a big movie or something, but I feel like this story could be a movie, a miniseries or something. So who would you guys have... Who would you guys have play Nancy Wake? I'm going to go first because I really had like a clear vision of what I thought she looked like throughout the book. And I really think that she looked like Margot Ashray. Um, (laughs) Like that was just the vibe I was getting, but uh, Snitch is not an actress. So... The Hollywood Wait, I'm just so honored. Like, that's just such an honor. Thank you. I just, yeah, no, because the way they were describing her, like, she had, like, long brown hair and these big green eyes that a lot of people thought were blue and just this, like, tan skin. And she was just so beautiful, stunning, and smart. And I'm like, I know a girl like that. Um, wow, Jackie. But for the Hollywood treatment, and someone who also, I guess, kind of looks like you and fits that description is Alexandra Daddario. Um, she's in, like, Baywatch and some other stuff. But I feel like everyone knows who she is. She has, like, big blue eyes. Yeah, yeah everyone would definitely know her face. And she's really smiley, and I feel like Nancy was really, like, because she had that big laugh, like, I feel like she had a big smile. And Alexandra Daddario does have that. Cute. I have two because I couldn't there, but they're kind of the same person. Emma Watson or Lily Collins. Hmm. We're mine. Okay. I feel, I feel Lily Collins. Me too. I was leaning more towards her. Interesting. Bex. I have Gal Gadot. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good Cause, one. Cause she has the lip factor. Like I feel like she always has just like a slick layer of lipstick on and like she's a female boss I mean she's just a boss period and I mean she's just a hero yeah I love that Dana I had Shailene Woodley oh that's a good one yeah I feel like she's like a trailblazer and like forward thinking yeah I see that okay for Henri I struggled with this one I was trying to find someone French but I guess I don't know that many French actors so I just went with vibe Hugh Jackman. I think that that is perfect. And I'm so upset I didn't think of it on my own. But I had Henry Cavill. He's Superman. Yes. Yeah, Mm. that's good. He's British. And I thought that was a great runner up to yours. That's a good one. I had Army Hammer. Uh, I was going to pick him. He's just, like, so stunning, and, like, so is Henry, and I didn't really consider the French piece, and I'm sorry for that, but, like, it was just too good. Yeah. No, I feel that. Dana? Rob Patterson. Oh. Oh. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's Pat Pat Tinson, but we'll just keep it moving. (laughs) Um, Okay, and then for- Rob Patterson is. I'm sure he'd be great. (laughs) Um, okay, for Marceline, I had Jamie King. That's a great that's, that's great. Oh, thank you. I had Smith. Rosamund Pike. Ooh. I that's know. good. Yeah. That's good, too. Jamie King has, like, the right amount of angular. Yes. Um, I had Angelina Jolie giving off, like, a Maleficent vibe. Okay. Yeah. But she's too much of a star. 
I agree. She wouldn't be supporting character. I know. I know you guys. Dana? (laughs) I had Kristen Bell. I actually don't hate that either. Okay. I was thinking, but yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but but okay. (laughs) Not my choice, but I I I respect it. Okay, now it is time for the overall rating of this book. I'm excited to hear what you guys all thought. And before I give my rating, I just want to say that I think that this might have been my favorite book that we've read. Unfortunately, I was really distracted while I was reading it, so I feel like I couldn't fully immerse myself in it, and I I think that I missed out because of that. But ultimately, even with my distracted reading, I rated a 4.5. Wow, Jack. It's pretty, I think that might be my nice. highest yet, if, along with nothing to see here. So we'll see. Snitch, what do you give it? I gave it a four. I love the book. I mean, it's just like not my normal book, but I can't say that it was bad at all. I love the story. The length was a bit much for me. I wasn't obsessed with like the way it was written and the always leaving us on a cliffhanger. But I, lo- I thought it was a great book, so I gave it a four. Great. I'm so glad that I could please you with my choice. Uh, you know, I was worried about that, and I'm glad that you liked it. Okay. Bex? It, w- it was a great choice. I actually gave it a 3.8, and I think, I'm okay. I think I'm okay with that. I just also feel like I compare it to a lot of the other historical fiction novels that I've read, so, like, that's also a reason, but... At the end, I found myself like not wanting to part ways with Nancy Wake. Like I was sad when it was over. So, like maybe I could have gone higher, but like that was—that's where I'm at at a three point eight. Great, I respect that, Dana. I gave it a three point six. Again, more of a testament to my me not being well read on the historical context, but I thought it was a great book. Okay, cool. Well, thank you all for your participation. The overall Redheads rating for Codename Helene is a 3.975. Ooh. Wow. Pretty good for Pretty us. Good. We're like really tough critics. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're just all over the map, but that is what makes a book club great. That's the thing about a book club. It's all over the map. Speaking of, I want to hear what everyone else read this in the past three weeks. Um, Dana, let's start with you. I read a book that I recommended to you, Jackie, The Most Fun We Ever Had by Claire Lombardo. I think I liked it a little better than you did. Um, I had the same complaints, but it was a little long and by the end stunted because not much was happening. But it was read during a time where I had a lot of free time on my hands, so I didn't really mind the length, and I thought it was overall a good story. Um, yeah, so I read that too, and I really wanted to like it. In the beginning, I really did like it, and I liked the characters, and I liked where I thought it was headed. And then it just went absolutely nowhere. It was so long. It was longer than this book. It was like, what, 500 pages, 600 pages? It was insanely long. Nothing happened. I really, really did not like it. It was a struggle to get through. I can't remember. I felt like I was in school the last time that I read a book where it was like I had to just finish it. And I wanted to start so many other books. And I couldn't because I could not get through this book, which has not happened to me like since I got a Kindle a few months ago. The other book that I read, um, which at first I was like wishing I chose for the Redheads, but ultimately I am so glad I did not choose for the Redheads is the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Let me find the author. It's like, kind of was like a horror thriller type of novel. And it's just about like a book club, really cute. Like it's kind of like the vibe of Little Fires Everywhere. You know, they live in this just cute little town and everything is so exciting, kind of like Stepford Wives. And then things really go sideways. And it was enjoyable, but ultimately not my kind of vibe. The author is Grady Hendricks, and I would give that a 3.5 because I enjoyed it. It was a quick read, but it was just like not my genre, which I now know. That's so funny. <laughs> That's a crazy title. Yeah, no, that and is- it's exactly what it is. It's about like a, a book club of like just, you know, moms and then a vampire moves to town. It's about the redheads. It's At first I was like, oh my God, this is the redheads. And then I was like, never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I have to say, I didn't read another book this month, and thank God because this book took me so long to read, and I wouldn't have finished it. Respect it, Snitch. I read um, two books, both by Renee Carlino. The first was "Wish You Were Here," 
and it was so fantastic it like was just trigger warning like the saddest one of the saddest books I've ever read so like if you're not in a mental state like if I read that book now like I don't know if I'd survive but when I read it I was okay a very heart-wrenching book if you're like in that sort of mood it's a quick read that's the thing with Renee Carlino's books is, like they're all rather quick I just thought that it was fantastic like it was a book that normally I wouldn't read but it was just so good and then I also read Swear on This Life by Renee Carlino both fabulous Swear on This Life was like a cutesy better story but with like a little bit of a deeper meaning so it wasn't so cut and dry like Boy Meets Girl which I thoroughly enjoyed I don't know she just has a really good way of like making light stories much deeper than they are which I enjoy so I gave both of them a 4.5 I loved them like just so so my vibe just great book that makes you feel something and that's what I enjoy love a good snitch read thanks for sharing Snatchler you're welcome um Okay, before we wrap up this episode, it is time to announce next month's book. Uh, We've already shared on our Instagram, but next month's book is Becky's Choice. Becky, what will we be reading? We will be reading I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. So I feel like the time has come and passed that we select a Black author, and it feels very right to select a work by Dr. Maya Angelou, who, I don't know if anybody knows this, but she was a civil rights activist, a writer, a poet, and I feel like everything in between. And I don't think anybody, any of us have read it, obviously, because that's why we're selecting it amongst other reasons. Um, but from what I've gathered, it's a coming of age story that illustrates how strength of character and a love of literature can help overcome racism and trauma. So it'll be very powerful. And I feel very inspired by the fact that even if half of our redheads audience and reader base follows along with the story that it'll be a super meaningful stride in our undertaking to just become better informed and supportive of the black community. So we've also another thing I want to mention is that we've seen many a list of black owned bookstores floating around. So for those of you who are looking for a hard copy, you should definitely join our Redheads Facebook group. And that way you can chat with other readers about how to procure your copy and support Black-owned businesses all at once and meet fellow readers. So I'm really looking forward to reading this. Um, It's been on my list for so long and I think it'll be very eye-opening. I'm looking forward to it as well. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's going to be great. The episode will drop the first Thursday of July. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think it might be the first episode that we're able to do not on Zoom. If the stars align, like we could all get together to record. So that would be so fabulous. I've been looking forward to reading this book. Thank you for choosing it, Becky. I hope you will all read along with us. I hope you enjoyed Codename Helene and that you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for being a redhead. Um, Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Redheads. Join our Facebook group, The Redheads Book Club. And leave a review of this podcast if you enjoyed it. Five stars, please, and thank you. We will see you guys next month. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.